Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington Show. Sponsored by Created Equal. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you, you need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus, the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. people it's your movement now it's not your parents anymore the blood that is shed cries out to god from the ground for justice and now here's mark so are you a single issue voter this election season on november 3rd are you going to the polls to vote for a single issue and what would that issue be is the issue abortion? And can we justify voting based on that single issue? And I guess as part of that, in our should we vote to overturn Roe versus Wade? That's what we're going to be talking about today on the Mark Harrington Show. We are five days. This is recorded on uh, on Wednesday, or what are we, Thursday today. So we're, we're five days away from the election. If you're listening to this on Saturday, we're three days away from the election, but we are very close to the most significant and important election of my lifetime. I, I've said that every season, but I think this one is definitely the case. Uh, and there's been a lot of confusion out there about how Christians should vote. We've had pro-life evangelicals for Biden saying that it's actually pro-life to vote for Biden. We've had other evangelicals coming out and say they can't vote for Trump because uh, he's insensitive and rude and his behavior and his past and all of that. Uh, recently, we had uh, Pastor John Piper, who I hugely respect and still do, of course, who has been a stalwart for the pro-life movement, come out and say that uh, and make the case that he could not vote for Donald Trump. Uh, and then, of course, there's folks on the other side, like Albert Moeller, the president of the Southern Seminary in Louisville, uh, making the other case, making the case that Christians should vote for Donald Trump. So anyway, we're going to try to tackle some of this today on the Mark Harrington Show as we come up to Election Day here just in a few days. And to set the stage, what I want to do is uh, there was a, a, a brief piece put out by David French. And David French is a pro-life civil rights attorney, uh, well-known, well well-respected, good writer. And he wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal, basically making the case that if you vote Republican for president because you want to overturn Roe versus Wade, that's not something we should be doing. Uh, that that hasn't proven to uh, bring about the reductions to abortion. It obviously has obviously hasn't ended abortion. <clears throat> so he made this case in the Wall Street Journal, and then there was a video created by the um, by the founder of Veggie Tales, Phil Vasher. Phil Vasher, the creator of Veggie Tales, created this video to kind of unpack as to whether. Voting for president in order to overturn Roe versus Wade is the right uh, metric 
if you will, a more right reason to vote on November 3rd. And so what we wanna do today, we're gonna go through this video and we're gonna take it apart one at a time. There's a lot of things I agree with in this video and there's some things I don't. So it's been making its way throughout, um, you know, all the social media and what. And so I've been getting questions about it and I thought maybe I would take the time today to try to unpack that. This is a podcast, it's called Holy Post. That's the name of the podcast. And it's hosted by Sky Jethany. I guess he works for uh, for Phil Vash, Vasher uh, at VeggieTales. And he created this video that deals with the issue of Roe versus Wade. And let me just say, you know, this is a tough topic. I, I actually think it's not that hard to figure out, but it, it is very complicated. There's a lot of moving parts. And we've tried to deal with it here on the program over the last several months as we run up to the election. And there's been a lot of a confusion out there. Uh, let me just say up front, if you're a pro-life Christian and you claim Christ and you love Jesus, you can't vote Democrat. I'll just put that up front. And that's going to be the premise of my of my uh, t uh, time today. Uh, but this uh, video kind of makes the case that maybe voting for a pro-life president to uh, change uh, and overturn Roe versus Wade also is not necessarily the right way to go. So we want to we want to talk about this today on the Mark Harrington Show, and you can find out more about our program by going to markharrington.org. That's markharrington.org. We're also streamed live on our Facebook page, Created Acles Facebook page, my page, and also on YouTube. You can pick up our podcasts on on all the, generally all the podcast platforms, you can pick up the Mark Harrington Show. So let's do this. We wanna, wanna load up this video, but before we do, let me read this scripture. Um, and this is, this is found in 1 Timothy chapter five. Let me get to it here. Five, verse 22. 1 Timothy five, verse 22, and I'm trying to find it, and I'm not uh, having any success here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. maybe I didn't. Well, let's. I can't put my finger on it. I'll pick it. Oh, there it is. Okay, so here it is. First uh, Timothy five twenty two, and this is this is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, writing to Timothy, and he's talking about church leadership mainly, and identifying yourself with other leaders in the Christian church, and so it doesn't directly you know, apply to, to voting, but I think there is, the, the concept is, is the same. And he says this, do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily. In other words, do not identify with them or put your imprimatur on them. You're putting your reputation at stake. He says, do not lay hands on anyone too hastily and thereby share responsibility for the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. And that is the standard that we would not identify with the sins of others by associating with them, by um, not just necessarily relating to them. Obviously, we want to relate to people, but by, um, you know, putting our credentials uh, uh, on them anyway. So this, this, is, this is something that I've looked to when it comes to <coughs> voting. I think it, it, it has something to do with it. Anyway, let's move on. If you would, Mr. Producer, go ahead and pew up this first clip. This is, um, <clears throat> again, this is the video created 
by uh, Holy Post, which is the Veggie Tales podcast. So the first clip, go ahead and play the first clip. For almost 50 years, Christians have been told that who you support for president will either save or sacrifice the lives of unborn babies. This has led a lot of pro-life Christians to become single-issue voters, willing to overlook everything else about a candidate as long as they're against abortion. All right. So the point here is what he's saying is that uh, because of Roe versus Wade, it's forced Christians, evangelical Christians, to be one-issue voters. Well, I don't think that has anything to do with Roe Ro versus Wade per se. Uh, the goal, folks, is to outlaw abortion. That is the goal of pro-life movement. Uh, outlawing abortion has always been the goal. Um, if you're going to protect the unborn, the vulnerable, the best thing you can do is make it illegal to kill them. I mean, that would make sense, right? If you have a vulnerable people group like the unborn and they're vulnerable to murder, to killing, the, the best thing you could do by being a good neighbor is to protect them in law, make it illegal. That's justice. So the goal of the pro-life movement isn't to overturn Roe versus Wade, although that is one of them. The goal is to outlaw abortion, to outlaw abortion. And we haven't just looked to Roe versus Wade and trying to overturn it. We've been spending 40 years or more actually working at the state legislative level, working with outreach, the PRCs, the public uh, or the pregnancy resource centers and other uh, ways of reaching people. So it's not true that the only goal, the main goal of the pro-life movement was to overturn Roe v. Wade. It was one of the political goals that we've had over the last 47 years, but it's not the only goal. All right, let's play the second clip. The argument looks something like this. My vote determines the president. The president nominates justices to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court can overturn Roe v. Wade, and overturning Roe will make abortion illegal and save babies. Let's unpack what's wrong with this argument and why your vote for president might not impact abortion the way you think. Let's look at three common assumptions. Number one, a Republican president will appoint pro-life justices to the Supreme Court to end abortion. Since the Roe decision in 1973, Republican presidents have appointed 11 justices to the Supreme Court, and very soon it could be 12. Democratic presidents have only appointed four. For 49 of the last 50 years, Republicans have held the majority on the Supreme Court. Despite this Republican domination of the court for five decades, it hasn't overturned Roe. For example, in 1992, Republicans... All right, let's end it there's nothing to disagree with here. He, he talks about how to change the U.S. Supreme Court by electing a pro-life president who nominates pro-life justices who get on the uh, U.S. Supreme Court and put pro-life law or, you know, uphold pro-life laws. And one of the goals is to overturn Roe versus Wade. So that's true. He's also right about the record. The record isn't good. You know, we've got 11, uh, 11 uh, justices uh, confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court under Republican presidents, and we haven't overturned Roe versus Wade. It's true. I'll hand him that. But does that mean we just hand it off to the left, hand it off to pro-abortion advocates and just give up on the presidency and give it over to the Democrat Party who can load up the court with pro-abortion justices? I think not. I think not. 
And even if you separate the abortion issue out of it, which I think the U.S. Supreme Court has done some good on abortion. They've they've outlawed partial birth abortion. They've upheld uh, restrictions on funding abortion. They've upheld restrictions on abortion across the board at different levels over the last 47 years. So it's it's not like it hasn't done any good. It's done a lot of good. It hasn't overturned Roe. They haven't overturned Roe, but it has done some good on abortion by reducing the numbers of abortion. Uh, but it's true that uh, the record of the Republican Party and Republican presidents isn't very good until President Donald Trump showed up on the scene and he's the first president, first Republican president, the first pro-life president that's put three justices on the Supreme Court of the United States. And we know that they're going to be a lot better than if Hillary Clinton were in there. We know what we would have gotten. And just think of this. If he gets reelected on November 3rd, he'll get another opportunity for maybe one or two. And we could have a supermajority on the U.S. Supreme Court. And in that case, we might get an opportunity to overturn Roe versus Wade. But I agree with him. We need to be working to abolish abortion uh, at the state level. And but we don't want to uh, forsake the U.S. Supreme Court and the opportunity to overturn Roe versus Wade. All right, let's move on to the next clip. That brings us to the second assumption. Overturning Roe is the key to ending abortion. Politicians talk about Roe v. Wade a lot. Republicans get their voters excited by promising to overturn it, and Democrats get their voters fired up by vowing to defend it. You'd think the entire issue of abortion hangs on this one case. Well, that's that's interesting. Um, it, it, we don't talk about it being the key. We see it as one of many things that needs to be done in order to bring legal protections to, to unborn children. And there are those of us, and I'm one of them, that think we should be passing laws that abolish abortion totally at the state level to challenge Roe versus Wade, but not even just that to say to the federal government that the state legislature has the authority in our federal system to outlaw murder. So we're not just putting all our eggs in the Roe versus Wade basket. In fact, over the last decade or so, we've we've shifted significant resources to the state legislative arena. It is true, though, however, that Republican candidates for uh, any office use the pro-life issue to get elected. That is true. There is no doubt about it. Uh, and they use it to gin up their vote. And that's happening this time, and it always does. But we only have two vehicles right now to move legislation. One's the Democrat Party. One's the Republican Party. You either got to get one on one of the other trains in order to get this done. And right now, it's the pro-life party and that the pro-life party is the Republican Party. All right, next clip. Returned, abortion will be mostly unchanged in the U.S., end quote. I know what you're thinking, but Sky, 12% is still a lot of abortions. That's a lot of babies. If overturning Roe will save even 1%, isn't it worth it? Yes, All right, of course so, it is. So 100, listen, 12%. Of almost 900,000 babies who are killed every day in America. 
is 108,000 abortions estimated that would be alive if Roe versus Wade were overturned. Now, I don't know about you, but that's worth fighting for. That's worth fighting for. Uh, you know, if we said that we don't want to invest all of our efforts back in the days of slavery to overturn Dred Scott, you'd be laughed out of the room today. I mean, those are the those are the that's the stakes that we're up against. Roe versus Wade is the Dred Scott of our age. It's there's no question about it. And we need to act as if Roe is not the law of the land, which it's really not. It's an opinion. Uh, and act as if it doesn't exist in that at the state legislative le level, we need to be passing laws to regulate and abolish abortion. But the fact of the matter is it still exists and we should do everything we can to try to overturn it. All right, let's move on to the next clip. And today, the abortion rate is actually lower than before Roe became law. In other words, Electing a Democrat does not increase abortions. All right. Well, that's true. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that over the last ever since Roe v. Wade was handed down over the last 47 years and, and in the last several decades, specifically, abortion rates have been going down. That doesn't have anything to do with Roe versus Wade. That doesn't have anything to do with the U.S. Supreme Court, at least, I'm sorry, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with it. What it has a lot to do with is the state legislatures and organizations like Created Equal that are doing everything they can to change public opinion on abortion. Now, think about it. We've had, um, you know, we have the uh, pregnancy resource centers. We have people who work in the adoption area, the state legislatures. All of these are working to reduce the numbers of abortions and to change hearts and minds. Uh, and we'll continue to, to do that uh, as we are working to overturn Roe versus Wade. All right, let's move on to the next clip. But this much is clear. The person sitting in the Oval Office is not what matters most when it comes to reducing abortions. Their Supreme Court appointments haven't mattered. Their party platforms haven't mattered and their rhetoric hasn't mattered. So, all right, that is just categorically not true. Uh, it does matter who's in the uh, Oval Office. Uh, President Trump is, is the head of the administrative branch of the federal government. He has the power called the executive order to hand down rulings and decisions that uh, have to do with his administration. Uh, he passed and, and signed the Mexico City policy that forbids uh, international funding of abortion. He defunded Planned Parenthood, $60 million. He put three justices on the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, he uses the bully pulpit when appropriate to talk about abortion. I mean, the president can shape public opinion on abortion. Uh, the Hyde Amendment, which was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court that eliminates or uh, bans funding of Medicaid abortions. All these things can be done by the president. So I do not agree with this uh, particular aspect of this uh, of this case. So, all right, so let's move on. We got one more clip. Let's go ahead and play that. Instead, we should focus on what's happening right in front of us, in our states, our communities, and in our neighborhoods. And whether abortion is legal or not, there will always be women who need our help. 
Again, I agree on this one, of course. And this is what the pro-life movement has been devoting their efforts towards. Uh, the political gets all of the play. It gets all the media. It gets all the attention. The efforts to, to overturn Roe versus Wade elections, voting for pro-life presidents. But the majority of the pro-life movement is not focused on politics. What they're focused on is changing hearts and minds. They're focused on reducing abortions by uh, supporting pregnancy resource centers. They're, uh, they're known for saving and rescuing lives at abortion centers uh, and elsewhere. So much of the pro-life movement is focused on local efforts, uh, I would say. But every four years, we do have a presidential election, and it does uh, have a lot to, uh, to do with abortion because the United States Supreme Court is still important for pro-lifers to work on trying to overturn Roe versus Wade. So the bottom line is this. Uh, our efforts to overturn Roe versus Wade, to work through the, uh, the, the electoral process, to put presidents in the White House that can nominate and confirm and the, and the Senate confirm, justices of the Supreme Court is not a waste of time. Uh, is it, you know, are we spending too much time over there? Possibly. But it's not something that we should abandon altogether. We need to continue to fight to try to get a president in the in the White House who can um, uh, nominate justices to overturn Roe versus Wade. And we're closer than we've ever been in the 25 years I've been doing this. We are closer than we've ever been to doing this. We have three new Supreme Court justices just in the last four years. And if President Trump gets reelected, we might get a shot at a couple of more. So to me, it's like living in the 1860s and it's like slavery. I believe abortion is the single issue, which if a candidate gets wrong, should disqualify them for holding public office. So there is no question as to whether a Christian can vote for a Democrat or not. The answer is no, because if you look at their platform, they are for abortion on demand up until the very time of birth funded by your tax dollars. We cannot throw the lever for Democrats. Um, it is a single issue because like slavery, uh, if someone were on were wrong on that, but right on everything else, uh, that, that would disqualify them. We would have no question as to whether that would disqualify them. If the party platform for one of the parties that was running for the White House said that it was okay it was, and they wanted to make it legal to kill five-year-olds, that would disqualify them. The reason why we struggle with that is because we don't believe that the unborn are equal to the born and deserving the same protections as the born. We don't believe that. And I think a lot of evangelical Christians don't believe that either. Otherwise, they would vote that this is the single issue uh, this is the most important issue that that uh, that Christians uh, should vote upon. I understand that voting is personal, but with all personal decisions we make, we have to answer to God for them. Uh, this isn't some kind of neutral zone, that voting isn't neutral. God does care about it, that's for sure. And we should take uh, this very, very seriously as to how we cast our vote because it's been said that our vote is the currency of our virtue. It reflects 
our worldview and what we care about. And if we care about the unborn, then the presidency of the United States matters because he can use the bully pulpit. He can sign executive orders to restrict abortion and reduce funding and, and many other things. And most importantly, he can nominate justices to the U.S. Supreme Court that could hopefully at some time in the near future overturn Roe versus Wade. So that's my take on things, folks, as we enter into this the final stretches of this election season, please take that to heart as you go to the polls, whether it's early voting or in-person voting on November 3rd. Uh, we need to take this very seriously and also be praying for our team as we finish up our vote anti-abortion tour. Today we are in Toledo. We'll be in Columbus. Then we'll be in Pittsburgh and Scranton. We'll end up in the hometown of Joe Biden on Election Day, November 3rd. We'll be, so be praying for our vote anti-abortion tour and our team that is out on the streets and at the early voting centers. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil. plague in America, Call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.